I'd like to turn to our next guest and topic of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're talking about video games, its heritage and popular play culture here in Hong Kong. And I'm really delighted to be joined by Professor Pei Chi Chung, who is an associate professor from the Department of Cultural and Religious Studies from the Chinese University of Hong Kong. Professor Chung's current research project extends to esports in East Asia, independent game in Asia, and representation of Hong Kong in video games. Welcome to the program, Professor Chung, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hi, Noreen. Hi, everyone. It's really, really nice to be here. Today. Yeah, it's so nice to, to meet you. So you've dedicated over 16 years of your life studying games. Now, there's a, a terminology. What is the study of games? Uh, the study of game can be looking at the game from the text uh, level. You can also look at game from as an industry. There can also be any other issues like design and also um, some social studies, psychology of the gamer. And it's a very interdisciplinary yeah, academic field. It's so cool. So what attracted you to, to, to study this uh, to the games industry? I think it came uh, with uh, the very early time when I was uh, looking for Asian representation in movie, especially in Hollywood. So you, I found out that it, it was quite limited. And then in 2003, when I had a chance to visit Korea, I found out that there were a very small group of companies that were making online games. So that excited me a lot because uh, I think the Asian representation might be going beyond Japanese uh, yeah, animation and also manga. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think traditionally, when we think of games, especially here in Asia, we think of Japan. I mean, there's yes. so many sort of big brands. Um, before we started the program, I was saying I'm a big fan of Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, just, just, just to name one. Um, so how important is it to see different representations or different places being represented in video games? Um, if we look at the history of video game, actually starting from 1970s, we see um, we see American companies, French company, and Japanese company making very good, attractive, globally success, uh, successful video game. But we were not very um, um, we 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 couldn't find many Asian games that were made by Asian uh, developer. And I found that it's very uh, important because uh, the developer are the writer who are making the story for the places. So it's very important to kind of turn into the aspect to hear the many little stories. The stories from, of the yeah, place. from Asia, yeah. Yeah. So uh, why is it important to study games then for you? Uh, for me, I want to look at games as a kind of uh, extended area beyond um, traditional form of media. For example, like radio. Also, our television, movie, and even novel. And then this is the aspect that we actually are looking into the technology co-influence on the production of a cultural text. So I think it's very, uh, it's very in time for us to start looking at the meaning that's generated in this mediated space. Well, you're the perfect person to talk about the evolution of video games. <laughs> I mean, when I think of video games these days, they're so beautifully and wonderfully made that it's almost like a movie yes. for some of the role-playing games. It's right. almost like I'm watching some sort of anime, but I'm immersed inside it. How have the trends changed throughout the years? Yeah, uh, we can look at the very starting um, technology form from arcade. 
into the CD-ROM, into the Nintendo console game, and later to network game and large-scale MMORPG and also mobile. Uh, from the trend, we are seeing new kind of uh, production, and also we're seeing a new kind of technique and also a new kind of representation being made possible by computational uh, way of production, the media content. And it's so it's not so long ago when we had arcade games. I'm thinking in the 80s already. I'm <laughs> revealing my age. I, we used to play arcade games. What other examples are, are there arcade games? Pac-Man, for example, is that yeah, an arcade Pac-Man game? Pac-Man and also Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, Street Fighter, yeah, yes. I'm sure those are all very fa- uh, popular uh, games around Hong Kong as well in the arcade house. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then it moved on to CD-ROM, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember playing, the. I think, is it Lemons? Lemmings? I think that's one that you can download a, a as well, and also computer games. I remember when Microsoft first came out with uh, Solitaire, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 all those. Um, so nowadays, what's the pop? What are some popular video games here in Hong Kong? Um, people are still paying a lot of uh, attention to console. So recently, we have the Elden Ring. We also have PS5. Some uh, new game came out from Nintendo. Yeah, so um, the console game, but mostly we're also sh- uh, seeing the shifting into online for the esports game, like League of Legends, Dota, and PUBG, and all kind of uh, large-scale Fortnite, that kind of games. And yeah. are those type of... Gosh, yeah, I've heard people talk about that. Can you explain what those types of games are, like Fortnite, for example? Do you work together with other people? Yeah, people, um, they, people can, they can be a large scale of uh, people going online together. So people go there to take on the character of a certain character in a game. And then they, um, the, the design of the game is very free. So people can engage in all kinds of uh, activity. And actually in Fortnite, they, you can also have your person, uh, you can also have An your avatar. person. Yeah, yeah, avatar and also engage in dancing in, in uh, free fight. Yeah, all kind of, it's a very new kind of uh, virtual world, I would say, that people are finding attracted to to, to play in the, the game. Yeah, yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Virtual world is the way. It's like another world. You escape this world to go to create an, an, another world, really. What about uh, The Sims? How is that similar to Fortnite? Or is it very com- completely very different? Sim that came up uh, in the earlier time. So uh, I think uh, Sim is more of uh, for the building of the community, more of the... So it, it, it's uh, more of the community-driven kind of game for people to socialize and then uh, immerse in a game. And then uh, Fortnite is a, a, a bit different. Like there's also a kind of an area you go to, like you you um, score and also win the game. Yeah. Okay, I'm an Animal Crossing person. What about you then, Professor Chung? What types of games do you like to play? I play independent games. So um, again, with my age, I'm not competitive enough with a very fast finger to play a competitive game. But I like to look at independent game as a kind of literary form to look at story, little story, and sometimes uh, the theme for the game are different from the large game that we see, for example, like sleep, uh, Sleeping Dog and also Dota and all the other kind of uh, first-person shooting game or uh, yeah, or yeah, fantasy game. Yeah. Exactly. So are there lots of sort of locally produced uh, games here in Hong Kong? Yeah, I think uh, if uh, we mentioned the game Little Street Fighter, um, many people are actually 
um, remembering that game as a kind of a game they play with their friend when they were in the in the school, in the elementary school or middle school. Um, usually, a lot of time people. After they finish the school, they do that. They do that as a kind of a after-school activity to play. So there's a lot of memory. And for example, I did the fighter has a lot of scenes about Hong Kong. There's also some mahjong game. There's also a game called um, Bastard, uh, Dangerous Bastard, which is a kind of story that's based upon the ki uh, killing. Uh, incident in Hong Kong that happened in the 1970s. So you'll be hearing people, in character in a game that they actually spoke in Cantonese. It talks about a lot of uh, uh, scenes and location that are in Hong Kong. Oh, wow. And it's developed locally by, yes. by a Hong Kong game developer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How big is the gaming scene here in Hong Kong? Um, it's growing. Um, it's growing bigger and bigger. I I am not able to provide a very specific size of the game, but I think after the pandemic, it has gone even more better. And then this is a kind of global trend. Like if you look at if we look at the gaming industry right now compared to film and also television um, in global entertainment, video games is actually now the largest market among all sectors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I suppose because now with uh, games available on our mobile phones as well, mm -hmm. it's so easy for people to pick up uh, their mobile phones and stop playing there and then for, for them to have a game console yeah. uh, as well. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about sort of uh, rules uh, limiting the time uh, of gaming. I think last year in China there was uh, some new rules limiting the time of children to play online. Now, these restrictions uh, limited children to just three hours of online games per week. Uh, that's one hour hour between 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday, Saturday and Sunday uh, most weeks. What are your thoughts on that, Professor Chung? <laughs> uh, because I am a game study uh, person, right? So I think um, uh, playing game is not that too much of a negative thing. But uh, I do understand where the law came from. I actually wanted to protect the minor. So the law is actually applied to the minor uh, of the young people who actually need, are expected to spend more time with study uh, for educational successful purpose and also for um, their f vision kind of protection for the health. So um, I think um, the the hours of three, the three hours rule um, is uh, is a very interesting issue to look into. Like you know, if you've started to play again, actually, sometimes I go more than three hours. But then I do understand the rationale behind yeah. it. Well, that's so interesting because it sort of stems from the attitudes towards gaming. Um, sometimes not such a positive one because it, sometimes if you if you say, "Oh, I'm going to play games," people think you're not being so productive. But actually, I mean, it's a lot of strategy. In, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I. Um, I mean, you study games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have uh, done lots of interview with a game developer around Asia, and one thing that fascinates me is actually also by hearing their voices, of trying to figure out the confirmation of going on this career path. So I think it also shows a response for people who are in this uh, group. Actually, they are having. Um, question about if they're on the right path uh, responding to the social uh, perception, public perception about playing video game being a negative uh, uh, thing to do. So, but then 
I also find that these people are actually very cute. They are very, very sincere. They are very enthusiastic. They are very passionate about something they are doing. So there might be some value that actually we can find from there. And if we look at the way that the video game has been transformed from the earlier arcade uh, moment to now we're going on the network <laughs> with the artificial te technology and also uh, machine learning, all kind of uh, technique being imply, applied into the field, there, there should be some kind of social changes to look into the way that people are playing game, especially during the pandemic. Playing game actually save a lot of people, young people that who are trapped at home. Right, they are be they they are able to find friends online. They are able to be immersed in a very uh, cinematic kind of uh, media to work. A lot of things have changed and happened, and it's all driven by this kind of computational technology that now the society is also having the very uh, positive drive to go into, for example, like in the real, uh, in the world of meta metaverse. So these are all the things that I find that um, should be kind of uh, all take into consideration and, and then to come up with a new position for thinking about video game as well. That's such a good point you mentioned, Professor Chung. It's true because during the pandemic, we were told to socially distance. So a lot of things moved online. So people can't meet up with their friends. But going online, you're able to, um, well, play games and also socialize in that aspect. But the other side of it is it can be quite isolating sometimes because sometimes you're in your room and you're playing. Yes, you have the company of other people playing games. But again, does that sort of distance you from... Um, I don't know, the, the, the real world and, and immerse yourself in the virtual world? Yeah, it can be. So it depends on how long we want people to stay, stay online. I mean, the people still can talk to friends online. So that kind of uh, a need for sociality can be taken care of at some point by going online. But then still, there's always this uh, space that we should go go back to the real world. But another issue that people are talking about is actually the now the grow, growing blurring of boundary between the virtual world and the real world. Like now, if you we can look spend at, real money. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Even for people talking um, talking about video game, there's also a new model that came out that's called play to earn. That means that if you play game, you'll be able to earn the money with the technology of uh, uh, digital currency, cryptocurrency, in, um, and also some uh, some NFT. NFTs. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. So, um, it's so how is that? How does that work then, Professor Chung? Well, this is a kind of a uh, new technology that decentralizes um, the 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 property, digit, the value of the thing that people player can earn, can can own in the in the gaming space. So, for example, oh. um, there was this character called Crypto Kitty. Actually, that got uh, in, into auction, and it actually was sold in a very high price. So now we're also seeing company entering into the digital space for the metaverse, trying to uh, set up this uh, uh, virtual property <laughs> space for people. So everything will all be owned with the copyright by the person who has the right, who invests in there. So that will be the kind of uh, uh, model that uh, a lot of companies now are trying to make profit with um, by showing that playing video games is not just a waste of time. You actually can also start manage your business by uh, in in the gaming space. 
But then, yeah, they, they, there's also, also, also a lot of uh, issues that come around. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see how development goes. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, is, is it is it a waste of money sometimes, you know, because people are spending so much money buying something that's virtual, that's not real. But then there are other people who say there's value in it because that's a whole different. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, for the startup company, it's actually a very good area to encourage, encourage innovation. So if you look at the South Korea now, uh, this year the government of South Korea just announced that they are going to build uh, the the infrastructure for metaverse. So to to be able to turn South Korea into a global competitor of a meta metaverse player, they will be able to create jobs. They also will be able to support new company to come in with the innovation. So that's one aspect. But then still, yeah, your your concern about um, um, the mining issues, capital, uh, commercial issues on the internet is also very true. Right? Sometimes uh, we also have to be careful to run into the development that actually uh, the virtual space is end, ended up again to be dominated by people who are um, from corporation who, who have want the to power. profit from from that. Yes. But it's like you said, it's amazing because it's such a space that's not explored yet, and so many jobs can be created, especially in the creative sector. Yes, um, as well. I mean, I, I I know somebody who's a 3D artist, and they're constantly creating characters for games. Um, going back to something that we, we talked about earlier is that perception, that sort of stereotypical perception of if you play games, um, you're wasting your time or it's not so serious. That's actually not true in, entirely because um, I think it, it comes from because we're playing games and play is sort of the opposite of work. So it can't be seen as work, but it is actually a lot of skills involved. What do gamers <laughs> tell you um, yeah. <laughs> when they are you know, playing games? What sorts of skills do they develop? I think um, the gamers, uh, first of all, they develop the skill for finding their own way of uh, happiness by playing game. So, like, if uh, you play, if you if, if people are a casual gamer, like once in a while, people play game bring a, a kind of uh, entertainment to uh, relax right from the stressful uh, time they get from work. But then. Um, there's also another area, if, for example, like we're seeing the development of esports. We're seeing oh, yeah, competitive gaming. Yeah, when you become very competitive, then when you game to be very competitive, then they start to be a star player to be able to turn play into work. But during the process, process it's not that easy because you have to have very competitive skill. And then those skill, I would say that may not be applied to everybody. So, um, so. I would say that at least for a general public who play game, you you have a kind of a training by um, being uh, able to understand the virtual world in a very competitive, fast, data-driven gaming environment. Wow. So people are kind of a uh, people learn the skill of how to move around to compete to talk to each other in this uh, digital space that maybe in the future we're entering into the area more and more. Mm. Yeah, so I would say that. But then for esports players, certainly there are also a lot of uh, uh, skill that about competition, about finding developing strategy, being strong in psychological m mindset. Yeah, to having compete. the stamina to yes. compete. Yeah, 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 and being able to work with a very uh, fast moving kind of. Uh, 
machine-based uh, uh, gaming environment. Yeah. yeah, can esport be cultivated here in Hong Kong, or is it being cultivated here in Hong Kong? Yeah, I think it's already being cultivated. Uh, certainly, this is the market that's been growing, so there's a lot of uh, economic attraction for for Hong Kong to grow into esport. We already have uh, several uh, organizations and offices uh, from the government who try to invest on the building of the stadium, the stadium. Yes. yeah, stadium, and talk about uh, being the organizer for the association, esport association around Asia, try to tap it into the Asian game. So um, there's that kind of uh, uh, effort. But then uh, on the other hand, there's also a, a kind of a community-based kind of uh, effort that that um, that may be also important to kind of turn esport into a kind of a public entertainment for everybody who want to join esport. Then there will be a places for people to play and play with their friends. Yeah, yeah. Hong Kong is the place. Um. Finally, Professor Chiu, you you're also working on a recent project called Archiving Hong Kong in Video Game. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, in the project, I find that uh, it's very fascinating that uh, we seem to be looking at Hong Kong popular culture in the area of uh, Kendall Pop and also Hong Kong movie. But actually, Hong Kong is also a very strong presence in video game, but there is not that much discussion about that. So for me, I feel like since now technology has played such a big part to replace different generation of game, so there's also a need to kind of preserve uh, game that are related to Hong Kong since the very earlier generation of the video game to the recent re- recent um, recent moment. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I've I start to talk to developer and collect uh, article and also information about video game that have the representation of that are being made by Hong Kong developer. That's amazing because it's so nice to to you know have the younger generation see their own sort of themselves or their city. Are yeah. there many games here in Hong Kong that have Hong Kong as a setting, for yeah, example? Um, there's actually a public um, list of the video game that represent Hong Kong that's being made by uh, uh, Passion and Gamer um, and published that on the, in the wiki. So I think from that list, for, from his gathering, we have about over 300 Wow. video game that represent Hong Kong, but most of them are actually being made by uh, overseas, overseas okay. like game company outside of Hong Kong. Okay. Oh, well, Professor Chung, I really enjoyed talking to you this morning, and I learned so much from you, Thank and I look you. forward to inviting you back on next time to talk yeah. more. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to chat with you. Thank you so much. And that's uh, Professor Pei Chi Chung, who's an associate professor from the Chinese University of Hong Kong, who has a special interest and studies uh, video games and its heritage and the culture play here in Hong Kong. Thank you so much.